What's up, everybody? This is Tanner from TanManBaseballFan.com. I'm coming at you on Saturday, May 15th, 2021, and it is my son Beckett's two-year birthday. I cannot believe it, y'all. Like, I can't remember life without him, but, like, it also just feels like, it feels like such a distant memory from when my wife came in to the office and was like, hey, my water broke, (laughs) and I freaked out, and... Uh, we almost had a had a highway baby there. I almost had to deliver him uh, while I was in the car. Uh, but man, I cannot believe it. I am just uh, I feel so blessed and thankful. I've got a you know great two year old, got a great eighteen year old, great wife. Just uh, just uh, I'm so thankful for my family. But I'm not here to uh, uh, do a podcast about how amazing I think my family is. Um, but with as much as I talk about baseball cards, you know they've got to be amazing for putting up with me. <laughs> so uh, I, I want to talk today about something uh, that uh, I think that you might be able to connect with as well. Um, and that is the actual the treasure hunt that we go on as collectors. Um, I think it's probably a lot more intense when it comes to player collectors perhaps and I could be wrong I mean I I could be dead wrong because I just uh, I don't really know any other way uh, to be perfectly honest with you um, but uh, ultimately here's let me kind of walk you through how a typical release would happen as as it happened back in say 2017 and even now uh, depending on the card but just more often now uh, or more often back then, 2017, uh, tier one drops, uh, the checklist drops, uh, about probably a week or so before the actual cards do. I, I quickly clamber over to the, to the checklist, um, on the internet. I search it like very, very thoroughly for Kinseiko's name. I see it. I see it underneath the list of bat knobs I see it under the list of uh, barrels, and I am hyped. I'm super excited. So let let me kind of tell you a little bit about what specifically I'm excited about in 2017. A, let's take the uh, bat knob card, for instance. Uh, it's a card that in 2017 was hot off the presses, okay? It was uh, fresh ink was applied to brand new high gloss paper, machines that are way more expensive than my house most likely, were uh, used to apply embellishments like uh, foil and and, uh, and die cuts uh, for the window for the uh, relic. Uh, the actual relic, the knob itself, was cut uh, from a game used bat that was uh, purchased by Tops and inserted by those machines into the card. And uh, you top it off with the, the hallowed one of one stamp and signed by the player that, uh, that you follow. For me, obviously, Kinseiko. And there you go, there you have it. You have a one-of-one masterpiece that's worthy of salivating over. Um, A card that, once you saw it, 
and heard that it actually existed, you get excited over. And so what would you do? You would check the the forums and eBay several times for it and uh, go here and there and everywhere, all over the place, asking people if they've seen it. And uh, that's kind of what I would do um, when I was uh, really, really hot and heavy into this uh, this stuff. And so these cards, they built these masterpieces. They were meant, it's, you know, manufactured scarcity, right? They were meant to be rare. They were meant to be valuable. Um, and if you miss it, you'd be so bummed, <laughs> so bummed. Like, oh man, I wish I, I wish I got this card. Uh, but, uh, the good news is if you missed that one and you didn't see it or somebody else bought it, you've got another one that the card companies would create probably the next month and then the next month and the next month and the next month. And so, and each one of these are uh, definitely worthy of, of being picked up and loved and worthy of the uh, expensive price for sure. Um, you know, you would, uh, because you look at it and it really is, it's just, uh, it's a masterpiece. It's a work of art. You love these cards, like the top Sterlings, the uh, tier ones, the museums. All of these cards are, are fabulous. I mean, flawless, national treasure, uh, some leaf, dif some different leaf cards. I mean, there's, there's so many and it's just an amazing time to be a collector right now because we could be set on these treasure hunts like yeah, I'm using air quotes here, treasure hunts like literally every month. Um, it's, it's really incredible and it gets us excited and hyped to be able to go out there and see it. And guess what? It doesn't just end with what was just created. Um, it also taught, you know, also has to do with the cards that we might've missed in the past, like one year, two years, 10 years, 20 years. Uh, you know, you even look at the cards in the, in the nineties, there's tons of extremely valuable, uh, parallels and inserts and stuff. In fact, some of my favorite cards are from the nineties, you know, but, uh, and they're extremely difficult to get a hold of, but it's that extremity of, uh, of being able to get a hold of that rarity that's making us so excited about these cards and we dream about them and we're looking forward to them and, uh, and we, and we kind of revel in, in our minds, like the, how it would feel to actually find one and make a deal. And, uh, and y'all, I fully understand that there's going to be some of you out there listening to this that just don't get it. <laughs> you might think, man, this guy is a psycho. Like who thinks about cards this much? Well, I'm raising my hand here, ladies and gentlemen. Well, let's face it. It's probably the only guys listen to this. Uh, I am raising my hand because this is totally me. I think about cardboard all the time, but Anyways, uh, so I want to I want to pivot here though because we're talking about these new cards that are worthy of all kinds of praise and everything for sure, right? Um, but let's talk about cards that were created uh, not to be uh, valuable, cards that were born not out of uh, manufacturer scarcity, but rather to sell other products you know there's uh, that's a whole other ball of wax and when you start thinking about those types of cards um, you know there's you know a couple things number one they're not nearly as flashy right because they didn't have these massive uh, 
production machines that would create incredible things. They didn't have to go through the 1990s, uh, 1990s innovation to, you know, kind of one up the other card company or whatever. They didn't even have the tech to do the stuff that they can do today. Like not nearly any of it really. So, you know, you start thinking about, about going treasure hunting, not for the cards that were just printed two minutes ago, but rather, uh, you think about these cards that, that might've been, uh, tucked away in people's collections for literally, uh, for literally decades. And so when you think about those, uh, you also have to think about like when they're created, uh, in, in some cases, if you're talking about like 19th century cards, we are talking guys like about legitimate cards that were created like one and a quarter centuries ago or, or older, you know, like this is uh, and so when you start thinking about this, the treasure hunts that we go on for new cards that were printed just yesterday, doesn't really seem like as much of a hunt, if that makes sense. I mean, truly it is a hunt, but like you, you start feeling like, uh, like Indiana Jones almost, you know, when you're trying to search these like legitimate historical relics. And so I think that's probably what appeals to me a lot, uh, when it comes to, uh, when it comes to actual, uh, cards, uh, that were created in the 19th century and not just the 19th century. I mean, we're talking like, uh, uh, the W514 set that I picked up, the Cracker Jacks, um, all these are like a hundred years old or more, which is just absolutely mind boggling to me. I mean, it's, it's, it's so cool to be able to do this. I remember, uh, when I was 12 years old, I was living in Kansas and, uh, we lived in a house that was probably with my grandparents. Uh, it's probably, I think, hmm, 80 years old, 90 years old at the time. And this is like, you know, 92 or so. And I remember looking at the house going, wow, it's so old. You know, you have like the windows that had like the, the ropes, uh, inside that, you know, that's the way it was like some sort of like a pulley system. That's how you would actually, uh, uh, open and close the windows. Uh, you have these little kind of strange silhouette type of, uh, art pieces hanging on the wall. Uh, you know, the, like everything about the house just screamed like early 1900s and there's something to it. You know, it made you feel like you were actually living in, in history kind of, you know, like, uh, definitely not nineties, you know, back then or whatever. So, uh, anyways, I start looking at, I, I remember looking at this house that I lived in and going, man, T206 cards are about just as old as this. Like when this house was being built, T206 cards were being printed. How cool is that? You know, I just started thinking like, and, and so that's, that's when I ended up getting up, getting my first, uh, T206 card is I was thinking, man, I've got to get one of these just so I can actually own a piece of history. And, and so I ended up buying one and, uh, you know, it was so fun because I remember having it in my hand and seeing the imperfections, the rounded corners and the creases, uh, on a card that showed a lithograph of a player that I had never heard of before. Didn't have the internet to look up who he was. Yeah. I just remember looking at him going, 
man, this is cool. <laughs> this is so neat. This predates my grandparents. This predates uh, World War II. It predates World War I. Um, you know, what a, what a neat feeling to have something like this. And so uh, that's kind of where I really, uh, where my love for like the old cards probably started, I would imagine. Uh, so, you know, later on, I, uh, I ended up uh, saving up money and I got like 25 tobacco cards, T206 tobacco cards beat to death. You know, I think they're like 20, 25 bucks each, uh, if I remember correctly. And I saved for a long time. Like I, like in Kansas, uh, I only lived there for, you know, half a year or so, I think, if I remember correctly. And I turned on the entire, the entire town uh, to baseball card, you know, fanatics. And I sold, uh, as a 12-year-old, a bunch of like 92 tops, 91 Donruss, and I used that money to... Uh, put into the T206 cards and I was just so excited about it. So, um, and having like these 25 cards, like this is just like, this is like a fabulous feeling like, wow, I've really got something here. I've got a, a conversation piece. And I think that's part of what I love about these old baseball cards also is because they don't appeal just to baseball card collectors. You could have somebody come over to your house and they look at it and they go, well, what's this? You go, oh, well, they're, you know, hundred plus old, hundred plus year old baseball cards. Oh, cool. It doesn't matter who, who it is. Like everybody will find them fascinating. You know, they won't necessarily find the bat knob cards or braille cards fascinating as much. That's what I found anyway. Uh, so anyways, the rest of the story is, you know, seven years later, I end up, uh, uh, becoming 19 and, you know, living in a, in a tiny, one bedroom apartment behind a dumpster and uh you know not any money to speak of whatsoever uh and i was uh you know about to be engaged uh later on in 2020 or 2020 <laughs> later in 2000 uh and i didn't have money for a christmas gift for my girlfriend who's now my wife so i had to sell my t206 cards and, you know, so I ended up selling all of them and I was able to get her gift. I don't even remember what the gift was, you know. I just remember the T206 cards I had to sell. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, as I remember going, like, man, she's worth it. I, I love her and, and all this. But, man, I love those T206 cards also and I miss them. And, and so it's kind of a sad day to see them go. But uh, I probably got a terrible uh, price for them. But that's just, you know, kind of how it goes, you know. You, Sometimes you got to sell, right? You know, sometimes you got to sell and realize that you can always come back later and get something else cooler. So, um, but anyways, it, it really made me think, and I've been thinking about this a lot the last few days, and this is because of a, a pickup that I'm actually going to uh, write an article about later. I will not talk about it right now, but I am jumping out of my skin excited, guys, like super, super pumped. So I'll probably... Uh, reiterate a lot of, of the stark contrast between like treasure hunts for new cards versus old cards uh, because it's going to be relevant especially when I talk about this card uh, that I've picked up but um, but yeah it's it's funny because like you have two entirely different like hobbies almost inside the same hobby when you're going for new cards versus old cards they're like two different uh, segments of people of collectors uh, you know, like it's, it's incredible. Like you have, 
some people that will salivate over those new checklists just like I have and, and do still sometimes from time to time for sure. Uh, but then you also have some that, that go after these cards and a lot of these cards are like big money cards, but nobody's ever heard of them, you know, except for the, the older collectors. And so when you see those, you think, man, there, there's a lot of history that's gone on with these. Like a lot of these cards are of players whose dads were legitimately, dads and brothers were legitimately in the Civil War. You know, like crazy. It's crazy to me um, to think that way because like that's, that's, you know, I mean, Abraham Lincoln was president <laughs> yeah, during the Civil War. So, I mean, it's a, that's amazing uh, to me to think that way. But anyways, um, so yeah, I mean, just two fun different ways. And, and there's, you know, I, I'm not going to say one way is, is better than the other. I'm not going to say old cards are newer than, newer than better uh, or old cards are better than the newer ones. But, uh, you know, I don't know. That's But that said, you know, because I really enjoy... A lot of the newer cards like the Kenseiko cards I have I love to death like they're kind of like the core of my collection that I love so much uh, but the old cards they're like right there like I just I love those cards tons as well um, but it's like two completely different loves and desires for cards you know it's almost like two different collections it's like yeah I'm a baseball card collector but you know there's two wildly different ways right there so uh, it's fun. It's really fun both ways to really kind of look at this and it gives you like a different perspective of of this hobby when you when you can look at it from both sides of the fence, so to speak. So anyways, um, I mean, I didn't really have anything else to, to say other than this. I just just wanted to pop in this morning and, and talk a little bit about uh, about what's been going on in my head and uh, and maybe this will kind of warm us up for the for the next podcast I drop. Uh, that talks about my my latest pickup, which uh, I'm excited about, guys. Like I'm excited to tell you about it. I'm excited to show you about it on show you it on YouTube and on my website at tanmanbaseballfan.com. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to it. So, anyways, I hope you all have a fantastic weekend. And as always, thank you for listening.